You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Should the Sacramento Kings be interested in a Colin Sexton trade? Is the relationship between Marvin Bagley and the Kings salvageable? Plus, which free agents should the Kings have their eye on? It's time for another listener mailbox right here on the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, Full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December. This is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And this episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Locked On rooms. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six, nearly seven years. This will be season number eight for me covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And thankfully, I don't have to wait all the way till fall for Kings basketball back here in Sacramento. I talked about it a little last week. The California Classic is coming back to the Golden One Center, featuring, of course, the Kings, the L.A. Lakers, the Golden State Warriors, and the Miami Heat for some reason. This will be the third edition of the California Classic. All three years have been inside the Golden One Center. We've gotten some great memories from the Classic, including in the inaugural Kings Classic game was against the Lakers when Marvin Bagley, his rookie season, had that massive, massive dunk. Maybe the only major highlight for Marvin Bagley in his NBA career to this point, but still a fond memory. If you haven't checked out California Classic Basketball, of course, it's not up to the level of normal NBA, but it's fun. It's a great way to spend a uh, a late summer afternoon or evening inside the Golden One Center. I encourage you to go and check it out. I imagine there will be significant lifts on the uh, restrictions of COVID-19. I don't know if the Golden One Center will be full, but more fans in there than we have had in over a year. I will say that much. But today's episode of Locked on Kings is another mailbag edition, and I'm so sorry that this wasn't out last week. It was supposed to be out on Friday. Some complications came up, some personal family things. If you don't know, uh, my wife and I are expecting our first child here in a little over a month believe it or not. So that's going to change some things with my schedule, and sometimes things just change on a whim, as any of you who have gone through the pregnancy process know stuff like that happens. But you don't care about that. You care about having your questions answered and some conversation here on Locked on Kings today. Uh, I appreciate everybody who sent in questions. I had a lot. could only pick a few. Uh, The majority of the ones that I picked came through email where you could email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com or mattgeorgesports at gmail.com. I appreciate all of you who sent in your questions. Uh, And when we do future mailbags, typically sending them through email versus Twitter uh, is the easier way. But we do have some Twitter questions uh, to get to as well. So let's not waste any time. Let's jump into this mailbag here today. I also want to let you know, too, and I'll talk about this a little more at the end of the podcast, working on some more great guests here on Locked on Kings this week. I'm hoping to have the Athletics' Jason Jones on uh, to talk about this Marvin Bagley situation amongst many other things NBA draft coverage as well as it's getting closer and closer Uh, plus keep an eye out for the locked on NBA ultimate mock draft that of course I will be a part of what do I do with the number nine pick with the Sacramento Kings do I trade it do I draft a player you'll have to wait
wait and see. That show is going to be incredible. Uh, and then uh, I'm also looking forward to doing another Locked On crossover uh, featuring some different Kings media personalities. I did one of these before, close to the beginning of the offseason, when we talked about the news that the Kings had committed to Luke Walton as their head coach for another year. It was a really, really good roundtable uh, featuring a lot of my friends here in Sacramento media. You seem to really enjoy it. I'm doing another one of those. Some familiar faces, some new faces and voices will be on that podcast, and it will all be centered around the Marvin Bagley drama. So I'm hoping to have that available for you at the end of this week or early next week. So keep an eye and ear out for all of that. But right now, it is time for some of your questions, and we will tip off this mailbag with a question from uh, a loyal listener and a uh, follower on Twitter, Clayball. Uh, He says, Rashawn Holmes' chatter has gotten quiet lately. Assuming his demand is too hefty to come back, how do you see Monty and the Kings replacing him? He gives three scenarios. Before I get into those scenarios, Clayball, I do want to say this. Chatter around Rashawn Holmes has gone quiet, but I assure you from conversations that I've had uh, with people around the situation, uh, he is still very much on the priority list for the Kings. The question is whether or not they will be able to afford him. At least for me, I still think it's a top priority for the Kings to try and find a way to bring him back. If they're going to do that, though, they have to move on from some salary, whether it's the $11 million that is owed to Marvin Bagley, uh, the $22 million that is owed to uh, Buddy Heald next season, the $20 million that is owed to Harrison Barnes. Uh, the Kings have to free up some cap space. Also, side note, I don't know if you saw this, but Terrence Davis decided to uh, de- uh, decline his qualifying offer, which is pretty standard. Uh, so he will test a restricted free agency uh, here this summer. He's seeking a contract around $9 million a year. I don't think there's any chance that he gets that. Uh, and because of cap rules, restricted cap rules, the Kings will be able to go over the cap in order to re-sign him. So I'm still pretty confident in saying that Terrence Davis will be a Sacramento King going forward. I know that wasn't your question, uh, but Terrence Davis was impressive towards the end of the last season, potentially a good buddy healed replacement in some way if the Kings decide to move on from him. So that's something to keep an eye out for, but don't be discouraged reading that and thinking Terrence Davis is gone. Maybe you don't care that much. I don't know, but that's the situation there. So anyway, Back to this question from Clayball. He he put together three scenarios here of how the, uh, the Kings and Monty McNair look to potentially replace Rashawn Holmes should they not bring him back. Scenario A is Chemezi Metu and Damian Jones. I will tell you this. If that's the scenario, the Kings got worse, not better. And I no disrespect to Metu, who of course is part of the Nigerian uh, men's basketball team that defeated Team USA in an exhibition over the weekend. Never saw that coming. So uh, that's awesome that Chemezi Metu is getting those opportunities. And no disrespect to him or Damian Jones. They have been solid for the Kings and have earned those second contracts that they received. But I'm not confident in either one of them as a starting center if the Kings hope to be a playoff team like their goal is for next year. So that would be a terrible scenario although they do provide good depth potentially off the bench. Uh, Scenario number B is uh, scenario number B. I just said that. Scenario letter B is, I can't even talk today, finding a center in the draft at number nine. I think this is a very unlikely scenario because of the players that are available around that range that check other major boxes, particularly those three and D or um, stretch four type pieces, those kind of wing hybrid pieces. I've talked a lot about Moses Moody on this podcast, including a lot of guests. I've talked a lot about Franz Wagner, uh, has started spending more time researching and talking about um, Giddy a little bit, Josh Giddy 
from Australia. I also talked a little bit about Corey Kispert, who's more of a natural shooter. Around that range for Sacramento, there's more talent and opportunity uh, there for that position than the big man position, unless, of course, Evan Mobley somehow slid all the way, which is not going to happen. And then I, I suppose you could have some interest in the athleticism that is Kai Jones, but I've also talked to a couple different experts or, or analysts around the draft that say that for the Sacramento Kings and their developmental timeline, meaning they're not going to want to spend a lot of time on a project, uh, Kai Jones would not be the right pick for them. So I don't think the Kings are going to use number nine uh, to address their big man depth. Plus, we've seen the Kings get themselves into trouble in the draft, drafting for need rather than best player available. And I don't think the best player is going to be available as a big around that nine range. So scenario C is signing an affordable center through free agency. And this will kind of bleed into another question uh, that I was uh, asked here about free agency targets for the Sacramento Kings. But here's some here's some center options uh, that come up when you're looking at the free agency list. I mean, you got Co- uh, Cody Zeller out of Charlotte. Not a horrible uh, idea, but he made $14 million last season. Serge Ibaka has a player option. I highly expect him to accept that option to remain uh, with the Los Angeles Clippers. There's guys like Robin Lopez, Nerlens Noel maybe. He might be a cheaper option, but I don't like necessarily him as a starter. And his Cantor, not the most expensive option either. He could be a target for Sacramento. But Rashawn Holmes out of this free agency list uh, is just the best option out there. So the Kings would be way better off targeting him. I know there are some Kings fans that are potentially interested in Andre Drummond, uh, who... Didn't do much at all with the Los Angeles Lakers, and uh, he's been kind of a controversial athlete in some ways. People wondering whether or not he really is a good basketball player at this day and age, even though he was a rebounding machine for many years in Detroit. So I wouldn't hate that option necessarily. A lot of it would come with the price tag, but I imagine Drummond is looking to join a contending team and not necessarily a team in the Sacramento Kings situation. So in terms of free agency market, there are some pieces out there. Of course, we don't know what kind of money the Kings will have to spend, but if they do have money to spend in free agency, you should be doing everything in your power to throw that at Rashawn Holmes and make sure you're not losing him. So, Clayball, I hope that answers your question for those three scenarios. The reality is, looking at all three of those, if you didn't really get an answer, it's because there's not a great answer out there in terms of a Rashawn Holmes replacement. The best answer is just to re-sign Rashawn Holmes, which is, of course, a lot easier said than done. If the Kings lose out on Rashawn Holmes, especially if they don't move any of their money, like Buddy Heald or Marvin Bagley, like I mentioned before, they're going to be in really rough shape, really rough shape at that five spot. Their best option would probably be starting Marvin Bagley at the five, and we know the uh, issues with Bagley that are going on right now. So it might not be the most ideal scenario for the Sacramento Kings. But Clayball, thank you for that question. Uh, now I got a question from LaVon Davis asking about a potential trade idea. Marvin Bagley and the number nine pick to Orlando for Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bamba. So Davis uh, or LaVon Davis sent three questions here. This is the first one. I've seen trade packages like this hinted, uh, and I will admit that there was some minor conversation between myself and uh, the Locked On Orlando Magic podcast for this Locked On Ultimate Mock Draft or NBA Ultimate Mock Draft that we did, uh, but we didn't really get this far. Um, I like Jonathan Isaac a lot, although, of course, he's coming off of really significant injuries, and who knows if he's really going to be a a serviceable NBA player again. In terms of potential as a wing defender, he's exactly what the Kings could need. 
But I don't know if the Magic are willing to move on from him and really if he's going to be capable of being anything for Sacramento. So I don't hate the idea of Isaac in Sacramento. Mo Bamba is just an addition there. Mo Bamba in the same draft class as Marvin Bagley, I think. Now I'm second-guessing myself as to whether or not that's true. Uh, Mo Bamba does have potential as a big man but really hasn't done much in Orlando. So I, I think the trade is decent. For both sides, I guess, the number nine pick giving it up in addition to Marvin Bagley might be a little much there with the risk that you're taking, taking back Jonathan Isaac. But in terms of realistic, yeah, I don't I don't think that is a trade that would happen. Still so many questions to get to before that, though. Want to let you know that today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar has the new Built Grasshopper cookie that is available for you right now on builtbar.com but only for a limited time this bar is so delicious now it's not as good as my favorite mint brownie but it's up there honestly it's in my top three and this bar only has 150 calories 17 grams of protein and only five grams of sugar built bars are protein bars that taste like candy bars covered in 100 chocolate uh, they are so so good uh, in addition to the grasshopper cookie out right now uh, they have their normal flavors i mentioned mint brownie is one of them double chocolate salted caramel strawberry orange cookies and cream uh, are others you can try a mixed box right now where you get two of each of the nine original flavors so you can try them out and most of these bars have 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs go to built.com new website built not built bar built.com use promo code locked on you'll get 15 percent off your order again that's promo code locked on for 15 percent off at built.com a couple more questions here from locked on kings listener levon davis who is a co-star you would like to see paired with De'Aaron Fox. Man, how much time do you have? Uh, Well, I do think paired with De'Aaron Fox in terms of the backcourt, the Kings are in decent shape with Tyrese Halliburton. And I use decent there. I have higher optimism than just decent, but uh, Tyrese is just going into his second year, so I don't want to project too heavily. I have said in the past that I believe that De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton can be talked about as one of the best backcourts in the NBA. So I'm not really going to focus on backcourt, but I will focus on wings and front court. And I think De'Aaron Fox would be phenomenal with a guy like Bam Adebayo in Miami or at the wing, a guy like Jalen Brown. The thing is with De'Aaron Fox is he could fit in really well with a bunch of different teams to where I'm hoping this doesn't happen, of course, but if De'Aaron ever wanted out of Sacramento, he ever wanted to move on and try and go to a contender, I think there would be a ton of teams with a ton of stars who would be actively trying for a player like De'Aaron Fox. Of course, his versatility in the open floor, uh, getting to the rim, the three-point shot is so much better. He forces you to make tough decisions, and ultimately he forces defenses to leave their men open. That makes him a dangerous weapon on a solid, well-balanced team. And on top of that, De'Aaron has grown as a distributor as well to where when he does get into trouble, dribble himself into trouble, and the double or even triple team comes, he's typically able to find the open man. So De'Aaron Fox, I think, could fit with a ton of stars in the NBA. It's why I look forward to seeing him in the All-Star game to see how he can showcase his talents alongside, not against, alongside some of the best players in the world. But let's get those best players here in Sacramento. We don't want to see De'Aaron Fox go anywhere. Final question from LeVon. How do you feel about Luke Walton? He's finally getting his first full offseason due to the games in India and then COVID. 
Do you think we will see some changes? I do. I think Luke Walton did well in, one, setting the bar clear and high for the team next season, which is making the playoffs by any means necessary. But one thing that Luke did talk about that I appreciated in his uh, postseason press conferences, he talked about the work starting today to get better as a team, especially defensively. I think Luke Walton, which is crazy to think about after the Kings had the worst defense or one of the worst defenses in NBA history, but offensively have been so solid. Luke Walton wants to be a defensive-minded coach. He really wants to. That's his philosophy. He talks about and preaches defense first so that when games happen where shots aren't falling, and we've seen that happen a fair amount of times to the Sacramento Kings, that they can still lean upon their defense to keep them in games until the shots start to drop. So I really think there is going to be a continued focus on defense with hopefully the addition of better defensive personnel. I hope Luke Walton gives guys like Robert Woodard a fair shot in training camp to get some playing time. It'll be interesting to see how Woodard and Jemias Ramsey and some of the other young players perform in the California Classic and in Summer League and whether or not that affects their opportunity at training camp. Maybe one of them or two of them can crack the rotation. A lot of it really depends on personnel that the Kings have. The main change I hope that we see on a nightly basis, barring injury, is De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton need to be starting together at the one and two. They need to be starting together at the one and two, no matter what. And speaking of that, let's transition to a question by Shawnee G on Twitter. Do you believe the Kings offense would be more effective if Fox played off the ball with Halliburton as the true point guard? I think this is a really interesting question, Shawnee, but I think it also speaks to the fluidity of the NBA, especially on offense today and the the transition to positionless basketball, right? In order for De'Aaron Fox to be most effective, it's with the ball in his hands. But I would say Tyrese Halliburton probably has the more true point guard, at least in in years past, the Chris Paul-esque true point guard Uh, build or archetype where he's going to be looking to set up his teammates as well as looking for his own shot. De'Aaron Fox is first and foremost a scoring guard. However, like we just talked about, it's Fox's ability to get to the rim or hit an outside shot. It's how difficult he is to guard that opens up opportunity for his teammates. So uh, instead of talking about point guard, shooting guard, and true point guard and true shooting guard, I will talk about who will have the ball in their hands the most, who should have the ball in their hands the most. And while Tyrese Halliburton is very capable of playing with the ball in his hands the majority of the time, it still needs to be run through De'Aaron Fox. So in that case, I guess you slot him more into that point guard slot. Tyrese Halliburton also a little bit bigger and longer, better defensively for two guards in my opinion. So Fox, I guess more the true point guard. Uh, and Tyrese Halliburton as the number two. But the versatility of those two playing together in different lineups is what makes them so effective, having two very primary ball handlers in your starting lineup. I have a question from another loyal listener. Ty Pena asks, wanted to get your opinion on a potential trade idea. I know you mentioned DeMontis Sabonis a couple days ago, but how about a Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner trade for the number nine pick, Buddy Heald, and potentially Tyrese Halliburton or Marvin Bagley, whichever gets the job done? The reason I say this is because the Kings might not be able to keep Rashawn Holmes this offseason, and it fixes their defensive issues. I understand where you're coming from, Pena. The one main issue that I have with this is Tyrese Halliburton's involvement. I am pretty confident in saying that unless the Kings are getting blown away by a star, they're not trading Tyrese Halliburton. Almost the same thing with De'Aaron Fox. So you can pretty much take Tyrese Halliburton out of this conversation if all they're getting back, and I say all with air quotes because it's a pretty good haul getting Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner. Uh, I will tell you, again, not to spoil too much about the Locked On uh, NBA mock draft or ultimate mock draft coming up, 
but I engaged a lot of teams in a lot of trade talks. The Indiana Pacers were one of those teams, and you will hear more about the results of those trade talks if we came to an agreement or not uh, on the Ultimate Mock Draft itself. And then after the show, of course, they won't be spending so much time on the Kings and my, uh, my trade negotiations that I had with a bunch of teams. So I'll share with you more about those negotiations on Locked on Kings after the Ultimate Mock Draft drops here next week. So keep an eye and an ear out for that because there were definitely some conversations with the Indiana Pacers. Uh, but to go back to this, Marvin Bagley, number nine, and Buddy Heald for Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner. One, I don't know if that trade works. I'd have to enter that into trade machine to see financially if it works. Number two is I think the Indiana Pacers say no to that pretty easily, even with the nine pick being involved. From Andrew, what's your opinion on Colin Sexton from the Cleveland Cavaliers? Would he be someone good to target? I actually saw a conversation amongst some Kings media members about this on Twitter, and I thought it was interesting because you can never seemingly have too many ball handlers in the modern NBA, right? And with the expectation that you're going to have Fox and Tyrese Halliburton together for the foreseeable future in your backcourt, how does Colin Sexton fit in? Well, you could go really small, I guess, with a starting five that features all three of them as one through three. Of course, I'm sure there are some pretty significant defensive concerns with that. I wouldn't hate Colin Sexton in Sacramento. But I think the price tag that's going to come with him doesn't necessarily make sense from a Kings cap standpoint. Does Colin Sexton make the Kings better? Probably a little bit. But with the amount of money that he's probably going to get paid, which I've heard is in the high teens, if not low 20s per year, at least that's what he's seeking, when you're already going to be committing a lot of money to De'Aaron Fox, not to mention eventually you're more than likely going to have to pay Tyrese Halliburton a good chunk of change, I don't think it necessarily makes sense. So I like Colin Sexton as a fit if he was only an $8 million per year player, which of course is not going to happen. And also, I don't know what kind of haul it would take to get him from Cleveland, probably more than the Kings would be capable of or comfortable moving on from unless Cavaliers were able to or willing to absorb the contract of Buddy Heald or Marvin Bagley. And I really don't think that is going to be the case. So Colin Sexton, a nice idea. Realistically, though, don't think there's much chance of the Kings landing him or really making a run at him. Did you know you can log on to Bet Online right now and bet on the NBA draft? Yeah, you can put money down on Cade Cunningham going number one overall to the Detroit Pistons. Although, I'll just let you know, the odds are not great. You're going to have to put up a lot of money to make a little bit of money there. But BetOnline has all the action you could possibly want for all your sports gambling needs. BetOnline is the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals going on right now, baseball season, the Home Run Derby tonight, All-Star Game and All-Star Week here for the MLB. There's so much for you to enjoy and bet on. Just don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On. All one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's a 50% welcome bonus. Cash in on that. Make some money on BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. This next question is from Kangs on Twitter, capital K-A-N-G and then capital Z. What is the dream realistic free agency acquisition for the Kings? This is a difficult question because financially we know the Kings are not in a very good spot right now. And for a team like Sacramento, who's naturally not a free agency destination to try to attract players here without overpays and without the cap space to 
make it worth those players' while, it's a significant disadvantage for the Kings going forward. But there are some potentially cheap options out there. A lot of really good players with restricted free agency status, like guys like Lonzo Ball, Laurie Markinen, Zach Collins, Malik Monk, John Collins, Jarrett Allen. All of those guys I do not expect to be in the Kings range unless they make some significant moves. There is a player that I would love to see in Sacramento, although it is going to take a Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald type salary dump in order to be able to afford him, and that's DeMar DeRozan from the San Antonio Spurs. I just like his fit potentially with Sacramento. I know his shooting's not the best, so it would maybe clog the paint alongside De'Aaron Fox, but I think he could be a fun addition to the Kings. You can take Sacramento out of the hunt for guys like Kyle Lowry or probably Kelly Oubre Jr. and pieces like that. J.J. Redick is available, although I don't expect the Kings to be willing to overpay to bring him here. Doesn't necessarily make sense. Serge Ibaka has a $9.5 million player option. I expect him to exercise that. He's probably not going anywhere. Same thing with Montrez Harrell. You could potentially, if you're looking for more ball-handling depth, target Chris Dunn, who has a $5 million player option with the Atlanta Hawks. If he decides to decline that, Chris Dunn could give you some backup point guard options, although DeLon Wright is still here in Sacramento with one more year on his deal. In terms of big man depth, there's JaVale McGee that is available. We already talked a little bit about Andre Drummond, who I'd rather the Kings altogether avoid. I know this is going to make some people cringe, but Willie Cauley-Stein is probably going to be available with a $4.1 million team option that I expect the Mavericks will not pick up. I also really like TJ McConnell, the backup point guard out of Indiana and the defense that he plays with. Again, the Kings are kind of loaded on their backcourt as of right now, but I would love TJ McConnell in Sacramento, although I have a hard time believing the Indiana Pacers are going to let him go. The point is, there is value in free agency right now. The class isn't the sexiest, especially at the top, but there are pieces that could help the Kings make the playoffs, which is their short-term goal. The problem is, like I talked about at the beginning, you don't have the financial flexibility to really be involved in a lot of these negotiations couple more questions here. This one from Robert. Is the Marvin Bagley relationship with the Kings salvageable? And what needs to happen for things to work out here? I do think there is still a small chance for the Kings and Bagley to salvage their relationship, but it will take some sacrifice from both sides. What I mean by that is the Kings will probably have to commit to giving Bagley more playing time than he probably deserves or maybe bowing a little bit to some of the requests or demands from his camp in terms of playing time and star treatment. And I don't know if that's a horrible thing necessarily, unless Marvin Bagley getting more playing time, particularly in the fourth quarter, hurts the team, especially when it comes to wins and losses. Let's say Marvin's defense continues not to be up to snuff, but because of their agreement, he stays on the floor in the fourth quarter when the Kings could go smaller or go to a different lineup that maybe defends a little bit better. Let's say that's the difference between some wins and losses while this team is trying to make the playoffs. That could certainly come back to haunt the Kings. But in terms of Marvin Bagley and the sacrifices that he would have to make, I think it would take Bagley coming out publicly and expressing his desire to remain in Sacramento, addressing all that has happened over the last year with all this drama on social media and really doing what he needs to do to put everything behind him and put all of the speculation to rest. I, I think there is the potential for things to work out. Do I expect it to? No. I expect Marvin Bagley to be gone by the start of this season, and if not, then he will be gone by the trade deadline. That's my belief. Finally, how many wins 
does it take for Luke Walton to keep his job next season? That's from Brad. Truth be told, I don't think there's a number. Whatever gets you into the playoffs. And the play-in to me doesn't count. If the Kings make the play-in and then lose in the play-in, whether it's as a 7th or 8th seed with the home court advantage or as a ninth or 10th seed trying to sneak their way in with a couple of wins, if they're not in the actual playoffs themselves, I don't think Luke Walton keeps his job. Whatever number gets you into the playoffs, whether it's through the play-in or not, that's what it's going to take for Walton to keep his job, in my opinion. Kings have to make the playoffs for Luke to see that final year of his contract and really see another contract. Because typically coaches who go into the last year of their contract either have an extension on the table or it's known they're not coming back. Really, playoffs are bust for Luke Walton at this point, and it might be his last chance as an NBA head coach. He'll get opportunities as an assistant, I'm sure, but as a head coach, Walton has to make the playoffs this year or that window's probably closed. I don't know if forever, but at least in the short term, that window's closed. That ship has sailed. Thank you to everyone again for sending in your questions to this Locked on Kings mailbag. There were a decent amount that I did not get to. So if you want me to do another Locked on Kings mailbag in the near future, please let me know. At Matt George Radio on Twitter or email me, mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. You can still send some of your questions and I can engage you uh, in more private one-on-one conversations as well. I certainly don't mind doing that. Uh, But we'll do another uh, mailbag in the near future. I also would love to do another fans-only episode. We haven't done that in a long, long time where I invite Sacramento Kings fans and Locked on Kings listeners to join me on the podcast. I interview you. Get your story of how you became a Kings fan, why you support the team, and get your takes on what's going on. I would love to do another fans-only podcast in the near future. If you'd be interested in that, please reach out and let me know as well. Again, keep an eye and ear out for more guests coming on Locked on Kings, including another Locked on Kings roundtable coming soon. Keep an eye and ear out for the Locked on NBA Ultimate Mock Draft. Can't wait to share that with you here. It's something the network works very hard on every single year, and this year it's going to be bigger and better than ever. And of course, I hope you'll join me for the next episode of Locked on Kings. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to the Locked on Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.